Hello, and welcome to the Dreaded 30s podcast, where we share stories about our past, present, and future so you can feel a little bit better about yourself. My father neglected me as a child, and now I have daddy issues. And all my men left me on the side of the road. I'm Justin. I'm Gavin. And this is the Dreaded 30s podcast. Wow, that was like a little bit different of us. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of here for it, though. Uh, I kind of like it. Sometimes you got to break out of the norm and just speak your mind and speak your soul. True, true. You're here. Well, You're here for, over the weekend. It's actually like Saturday. Yes, we are recording over the weekend. Um, it's been a running joke, apparently, of me constantly busy, <laughs> being busy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, oh my God. constantly being busy. Um, and this is like a genuine free weekend. Mm-hmm. Like I have nothing to do. But you, on the other hand, you still got that GoGo event coming up. Yes, a good friend of mine asked me to come go-go for one of the events here at a bar here in the city. And uh, yeah, so I will be doing that uh, for you know, a couple hours. It'll be a good time, my first time doing it, and I am super excited for it. Are you still dreading it, or are you excited for it? Uh, I'm excited for it. Um, I think I had to get over some like of my own personal like body image issues to like make sure I was comfortable going on that you know, on the box. Um, which we can talk more about those you know, body topics during this podcast. Yes, that's definitely something we're touching on. But I wanted to first talk about your beautiful dog, Fozzie. He's celebrating a birthday. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about Fozzie, because like, even I don't really know a lot about Fozzie. Yeah, so Fozzie and I met around, oh God, it's been four years uh, in Dallas, Texas. Um, I saw him pop up on some like Pet Finder thing because I was like, I want a dog. And uh, they said that, yeah, he was going to be at outside of a PetSmart one day. And I was like, you know, what? I was like, I guess I'll just, there's a Target there. I have to get some shopping done. I'll stop by really quick. Like, I'm, I thought I'm going to get a dog. Like, that's so spur of the moment. Like, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, no, I walked by, we locked eyes. And like, he kind of like turned his whole body towards me. He's like, look at me better. I turned my whole body towards him and looked at him like, from, like a mile away. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's so adorable, though. Like, if for those who are here right now, he's actually behind me right now. He's not there. Actually, never mind. <laughs> he left. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he um, yeah, he was kind of a difficult dog at first. He had it on like three or four field adoptions. He wasn't really syncing well with any families. Um, he was having a lot of trouble, like, I guess, getting settled with anyone he was, you know, being trial adopted with. Um, I took him in the first month was rough, but then it got better and we kind of worked on things. We had to learn from each other, what works, what doesn't work. And he's been the best dog ever. Doesn't pee in the house, uh, sleeps in bed with me, all cuddled up. We'd love to cuddle. Um, yeah, I don't know his real age. I, we think he's around 10. I hope we have many more years to come, but I'm just enjoying right. every moment until the last. That's awesome. It's so cute. And it, like, for me, it was it was kind of surprising. Like, I remember in Kansas City, you were fostering a lot. And I think a lot of it was, like, with intentions of actually keeping a dog. And I was like, oh, I, I guess that ship has kind of sailed because um, you moved to Dallas. And then here mm-hmm. you are. All of a sudden, it's like, no, I, I got a dog. Yep. <laughs> here he is. <laughs> yeah, got out of one bad relationship, got me a dog. <laughs> mm, that seems to be the case for a lot of people, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. Do you have any plans to get dogs in the near future yourself? Or? Uh, it's definitely not near future. I've um I've had dogs in the past. Dogs are great. Love dogs. Um, I just know that me personally, and, and not in a position where I can treat a dog as good as they need to be treated, or at least to my standard. Um, so it's just not that time for me. It, it'll definitely happen in the future. It's just not 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 right now. Mm-mm. 
Yeah, no rush. I mean, after Fozzie, I'm taking a long break because I'm going to be. I don't want to think about it yet. But yeah, let's, not, let's, no, let's <laughs> But yeah, let's I'm a big dog that, person too, so I totally get it. Yeah, but uh, Fozzie's not the only one celebrating a birthday. You are turning the dreaded thirty mm-hmm. very soon. Mm-hmm. Very soon. Do you have anything planned for the big three zero? I mean. You you know me. I'm not the biggest birthday celebratory kind of person. It's just not what I do, really. I just, I don't know. I feel like it's always a very awkward thing to celebrate for me, so I just try not to, which is, like, I know, kind of sad and pathetic. But <laughs> I like I like my own time. I like doing small things. Um, nothing too wild for me. Just family dinner with some family and friends, maybe a night at Hamburger Mary's for a drag show and dinner. And then my parents are like, we want to drink with you. So I guess I'm getting drunk with my parents. So, mm. <laughs> you know... It's 30. Might as well go out and do something. It comes once. Uh, that's mine. Um, any plans for yours? Yours is coming up too. You're dreaded yeah, I, 30. Yeah, I still have like, what, three, four months until mine comes up. Um, for whatever reason, I've always had this dream for my 30th to, to have a roast. So essentially get a bunch of my friends together because I have so many. <laughs> um, let's just say get a bunch of people together. They may be enemies at this point. Um, and just have a little roast, like have people get on stage and talk shit about me for a good, I don't know, Ooh. an hour total. I talk and like, shit. I'm coming over. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it would be one of the most amazing experiences ever and incredibly humbling. Right. Um, but I, I think in all reality, what I'll end up doing is going to Pennsylvania for a show, a concert. There's a, a small artist that I like that's doing his first show since the pandemic, uh, the day after my birthday. So I didn't think that'd be too bad of an idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's is cool. there like, is there like anything you're looking forward to, uh, going into your thirties? Cause I mean, I feel like that's kind of what <laughs> the name of our podcast is all about, but we haven't really talked about it. So is there anything you're looking forward to? You know, that's a good question. Um, and for me, it's really just, you know, having that real world stability, you know, we both have gone through so much trauma in our lives to kind of get to the person we are today. I think everyone kind of goes through those giant bouts of like pain and learning to kind of figure out what works, what doesn't work in your own life as far as like career and relationship and friendships. Um, and it's it's been definitely a rocky road uh, at times, I know, for both of us. Um, for mm. me personally, it is like the whole like financial um, comfortability. I've always struggled with that. Um just being on my own and kind of like learning how to adapt to myself. Um, being right. in Dallas for two years was very um, self-learning for me. I learned a lot about what it's like to be alone pretty much for two years. I mean, I had friends there and stuff, but a lot of it was just me kind of figuring out how to live with myself. And that was, that was a kind of a good time for me. And I came back Casey like stronger and happier. And I'm like, you know, I'm a better person now. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? I feel like, I feel like a lot of people need that. Like yeah. they need that time apart. Like I I had like a year and a half, I think, where I lived by myself and that was good times. But also, like you said, like being alone, you're kind of like forced to to face your own demons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yeah, you're talking to yourself. You have to like talk yourself through situations. Like it's, yeah. it sounds crazy. Like you ever heard of, the, of like the whole inner monologue thing? Like people, there are some people who don't have an inner monologue. Like they can't False. talk to themselves in their head. Yeah. There's no way. Like when you talk to yourself, you can like think like to yourself, like mm-hmm. that was me thinking to myself. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> but like, uh, there are people who literally have to talk out loud. They don't have an inner voice. That's really weird. Do you like have my, inner? my inner voice is always present. Uh huh. And to think that somebody doesn't have that. It's like a little, uh, 
I don't know. That's new for me to hear that. Yeah, I saw like a video um, on it and I was like, what the heck? Can you imagine going to bed, having no thoughts, keep you up all night? <laughs> oh my God. Actually, that sounds amazing. Is right? there like a surgery to get rid of this inner monologue? You know, we'll have to research <laughs> it. I'm curious. Uh, I think for me, uh, it's kind of the similar theme of stability. Like, um, I feel like, like you said, you should become more financially secure. And I think just more like secure with yourself as well. Oh. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know, 20s was weird. It was wild. And I feel like going into my 30s, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm a lot more comfortable with myself and who I am. Um, and be a, a bit more self-focused. Like, go off, queen. Girl, you explored. Like, you came to Kansas City. You went to Atlanta. Like, you kind of crossed around the Midwest back to the coast. Like, you, I've, you've done some shit. I've been some places. My, my 20s has been great uh, being able to experience a lot of things. The one thing that I feel like I didn't do, though, in my 20s is, like, stop and spend time to, like, I don't know, take care of myself and my mental health. Like, ugh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but maybe me moving and traveling around a lot was just to like avoid uh inner issues mm-hmm. and so now as i'm approaching my 30s and starting therapy because of the pandemic it's like oh here's me actually doing that like i feel like i'm finally catching up yeah i mean i i completely can see that i i kind of went to dallas to kind of find the own like self-exploration thing as well i wasn't i wasn't in a good mental headspace around that time so i definitely get that i need to get out and like find myself somewhere else yeah, i definitely I, get that i think that's like going into my 30s is probably what I'm dreading the most is like I don't want uh, to live with regret or, or feel like I'm missing out on on experiences that I want to have. Um, I feel like in, in my 20s a lot. Yeah, there was a lot of things that I experienced, but I also feel like there's a lot of things that I didn't do that I should have done and probably had the opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I'm hoping in my 30s I, that doesn't happen. I'm a f- that's what I dread is that that will happen, but I'm very hopeful that that does not happen. No, I, I completely get that. I mean, my, mine is much more superficial. Mine is just my bones, girl. <laughs> my bones are hurting. I bend over to pick up like a dog toy and I'm like, oh my God, like what is going on? Mm-hmm. I, I've learned that like mm-hmm. if I don't stretch after a workout or when I first wake up, like, if I'm not like keeping that body moving, like... I, I start to like slowly like shut down and like crinkle up and I get, I don't know. It's like, as I get older every day, I just, I find new wrinkles in the mirror and more bones are hurting than more before. And yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel really confused about all of that because every single morning that I wake up, my ankles are always really sore and like, I walk like, Oh God, is this rude? I walk like an old man. Um, <laughs> And so I'm always, I'm always like, oh no, it's just rugby, you know, just, just rugby's making me sore, but I haven't played rugby in a month and a half. And I'm sitting here asking myself, maybe I am just getting old. Hmm. Are we getting old? <laughs> uh, we're young. We're young. Have you ever had like, like your ankles checked before or like gone to a doctor for it? So in school, I know one of my ankles, a hairline fractured. Oof. So like, that's not fun. Mm-mm. Um. But aside from that, I've never had them checked. Okay. Mm. I mean, mine get sore sometimes. I only think about it. It's probably one of those parts of your body that does kind of break down pretty quick. Like, I don't know, your Achilles heel is everything. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you're probably putting a lot of stress on that part of your body. Probably the most, huh? Yeah. Oh, if I lose 
If I lose my ankles, it's, I'm just gonna... I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm just gonna stay at this computer chair and just play video games for the rest of my life. That's what I'm gonna do. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> mm. Have you, uh, um, have you, like, put stress on turning, turning 30? Like, do you go into them with any certain expectations? I think in the past, I definitely did. Um, in my younger 20s, I definitely had that fear of that. You know, the, the 30 stigma when you're dead in 30 in gay years, that, that's death. But then, like, as I get closer, my perspective changed a little bit. One, because I, it has to. And two, because I just started to get more exposure and more experience to those who were older in the gay community. I was like, huh. Like getting older isn't so bad. Like people, like they, they kind of have their shit figured out. They know what they like and don't like. Um, there's a lot of wisdom and trauma that we kind of accumulate. And I realize I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I feel like I know how to make the life go smoother now for myself. Right. Um, I see it all through a different lens. Oh yeah, that's super healthy too. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I think ugh, I feel like I've I've put a lot of stress on it. Like even when I was, you know, a baby gay at, you know, 18, 19 years old, I was always looking forward to getting older. I was, I was like, I'm 19 and I'm so mature for my age and I'm just ready for my actual age to represent my maturity. And now I look back and I'm like, girl, <laughs> girl, you had so much still to learn. Um, but it, it's finally yeah. here like 30s is almost here and i feel like i'm starting to creep up to that point where like you've put so much pressure and stress into getting to this age and now it's here are you going to continue to stay stressed or are you going to embrace it and have a good time mhm there's a a quote i wanted to share by george clemenceau it says everything i know i learned after i was 30 and I thought it was pretty insightful because I feel like there's a big argument between whether or not your most foundational years are in your 20s or in your 30s. So I wondered what you thought. What's a more foundational time? I think that's a good question. I think for me, personally at least, um, my 20s were more of me learning how to learn. Like it was me more learning how to see things a different way. Um, and now that I kind of have those foundations built in my thirties, now I can use those to go forward and say, Hey, you know, I know this is how it's going to work when I was younger and now I'm older. I can see it in a way that maybe I wouldn't have seen it before. Um, I treat a lot of things definitely, I would say more maturely in a way. I hate using that word because it's almost mm -hmm. like pedantic, but like, I definitely feel like I've matured a lot in regards to how I talk to people, how I treat myself, how I treat those around me. And I've, I've become a lot <laughs> nicer i think over the years because i realized there's so much like hatred in the world and i never want to contribute to that personally mm -hmm. that's that's just me though how do you how do you feel about the 20s versus 30s yeah i don't it's it's definitely really situational and subjective i think i think for me my 20s were a lot of learning experiences but more than anything kind of an exposure to like Hey, these are things that exist. Hey, these are options. These it's, It was kind of like an opportunity for me to gain a lot of knowledge. To whereas I feel like my 30s will be more foundational because it's like, okay, yeah, you know all of these things. You're aware of lives that you can live, you know, as a person, but also in the gay community. This is your opportunity to decide who you are. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm hoping that 
I really have uh, my identity figured out in my 30s and live the life that I want to live. So does that mean that I think 30s are more foundational? I guess so, right? Maybe. I think yep. so. Maybe. It's up to you. Uh, I, mean, I think it could be, you know, a, a very subjective thing that, like you said, based off what's most influential. Some people have to grow up a lot sooner and say in their, their you know, 18, 19, like they have to get on their feet immediately. And honestly, not that I want to expose you or anything too much here, but you've gone through a lot before your 20s and you kind of had to jump on your feet immediately. Um, yeah. So you could make the defense, the argument that your 20s were pretty, pretty foundational. Yeah, I, I wonder what I would say 10 years later. Like, I feel like this may be more of like a hindsight question. So when we do our 40 year reunion of this podcast, <laughs> we're like, oh, yeah, it was definitely your 20s or something. I don't know. Is well, that the I'm 40s? 40s. <laughs> I hope I'm not speaking like that when I'm 40. Wait, I just like disrespected everyone above the age of 40. I apologize. We love daddies. Thank you for your existence. Yes. Daddies have saved my life. Please don't be mad at me. Mm hmm. Mm. <laughs> Well, since you're going into your 30s, I, I wondered if you had like a peak moment or just like one time in your 20s that like you'll always remember. Is there anything like that? I mean, you, you've heard it a million times. And for those listening, I am obsessed with Japan. Um, went there in 2018 with a few of my friends and it was it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was super clean. Everyone was they're they're pretty nice. Japan has some. They don't always like tourism or visitors, but they were super nice. Um, we went to five story arcades. There was delicious food in every corner. Like any kind of like seafood dish you wanted, they they had it down like perfect. It was it was amazing. I would love to go back there. Um, it was just it was a good time. It was great to see. And plus, there was like I don't think I ever saw like a single like, like piece of trash on, like, on the ground anywhere. It was like oh my god, where am I? Wow. <laughs> So it's wow. clean, beautiful, and delicious. Um, yeah. And anime. Lots of That's, anime. It's definitely a bucket list thing, but I would hate... Eh, I would dread. Hi. Hi. Would dread um, going to a place like Japan by myself or without people that haven't been there before just because of how much of a culture shock it could be. And I may just hide in my hotel because there's so much, like new um stimulus going on so mm -hmm. if you ever go again you better hit me up and i'll go I, with you definitely because i i know a little bit of japanese here and there enough to like you know conversationally talk to people or waiters um but i will say tokyo like everyone there spoke english probably mm. better than a lot of americans can <laughs> oh my god that's probably um, true yeah and there's signs everywhere like in half english half japan like japanese it's it, it's pretty cool like they're for not being entirely always welcoming to tourism, they definitely facilitate for like those from like English speaking countries very like um very very nicely. They're very nice about it. Mm. But that's mine. Uh what, what what is yours? What what rings a bell for your you know your shining twenties moment? Um There's probably a lot, but the one I wanted to talk about today was rugby. Who would have thought? Um there was a rugby tournament called the Cap City Cup that happened here in Columbus, Ohio, before I was living here. And um, it was the first time that my dad was able to see me play rugby. Um, it, was, it was also the second time that my mom got to see me play. 
second time that my brother got to see me t- see me play, but also Ariel, my my good friend here in Columbus, it was her first time seeing me play as well. So like it was a big deal already, um, just to have people that I'm close to to come watch me because they weren't able to see me when I was in Atlanta, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of all of that, my team was able to to fight our ass off, honestly, and end up winning our division in the tournament, and it was such a, a fulfilling thing because I was captain of the team, like reflex, I know. Ooh. But just to just to see my guys listen to me and just like seriously play their ass off in this tournament. It was it was so fulfilling for me. And it's definitely a moment that I probably won't forget. Like, oh memories. Okay, Cause, enough emotion. Cause like rugby, you picked that up first in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of had a falling out with softball, and did mm. rugby on a whim and got hooked because it, it was one of those situations for me of like, ew, I'm bad at this and I won't settle for that, so I'm gonna try really hard to get good at it, <laughs> and now I'm average at it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that's pretty good though. That's better than most. So yeah. yeah. That's exciting though. It's like it's like you have your passion going on, like a, like a new hobby passion. Then you have like your you know your parents getting involved, and they actually mm-hmm. start to care too, and like they're cheering you on. It's like I'm sure it's a very fulfilling feeling. Oh yeah, I mean it was like a really intense final that we had. Um, everyone got really emotional once we won because we we scored last second, so it was like a game winning buzzer beater kind of thing, and. To be able to be on the middle of the field and just get emotional and hug it out with my my teammates and then go hug my parents afterwards. It was just like such a wholesome moment for me. That's so wholesome. I love Mm -hmm. it. So um, if anyone's watching us on YouTube, there's been a fly showing up on the screen. (laughs) I am embarrassed. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So as we approach our 30s, it kind of seems like there's this revolving theme of you know, becoming comfortable in our own skin and you're doing something this weekend, go-go dancing, which is going to involve a lot of being comfortable with your own skin. And I wanted us to talk about kind of the relation between body image and like a sense of belonging in the gay community. It's, it's a weird one. It's, I feel like the community is such an awesome thing but there's also some issues that definitely need to be addressed at some point. Um, so I kind of wanted to ask the question if if you think there's like a gay stereotype when it comes to physical appearances. Yeah, I think it's a probably a huge topic. And you know, as you know, you and I both have a very specific interaction of what we're aware of, what we've been exposed to. I'm sure others have experienced innumerable number of of you know being stereotyped for different things um you look at any of the apps there's always different stereotypes that they almost categorize you with you know the the, the tribes and such right. and like i think those almost create a really weird stigma on some groups of people um and i think that it creates this image of what you need to look like to be part of those groups or with those people um I mean, this, this applies more, though, than just to that. It's, you see it on Facebook. You see it in pictures on Instagram of people who, you know, kind of all look the same sometimes, more mm-hmm. often than not. And that, I think, can be pretty self-harming like, if you kind of look through those too much as, a, as someone being exposed to that. Um, and it's kind of harmful and hurtful because it's like, well, there's 
that's a type of people that I, you know, don't know how to get along with sometimes. Um, yeah. And as you said, I was, I'm, I'm going to be go-going this weekend. And for me, it was a lot of like body issues at first where I was like, maybe I'm not the right fit. Maybe my stomach's too big. Maybe my arms are big enough. Like maybe I'm, I'm not the right person to do this kind of thing. And I kind of had to just, just change my thoughts on that. You know, I'm in my thirties and I don't really give a shit as much now. Part of my language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I'm just like, you know, I love my body. I'm working hard for what I have and what I am. Uh, I'm not really afraid anymore of just, you know, going out there and just getting over it and ignoring all those stereotypes people place on you sometimes. Um, that's just me though. That's my ran. What yeah, are, I was going to, I was going to bring up age. Um, because when I first came out at like 18 or 19, I was a skinny thing, just a skinny legend, but I, I hated how skinny I was because my perception of what was, um, not really acceptable, but what was preferred, um, in gay men was to be a muscular cut six pack chiseled jawline with a beard. And I knew that that was something I was never going to achieve. And so it, it did make me feel like I didn't belong. It, it did make me feel like a little bit less of a gay person <laughs> um, for for not looking like them or being able to look like them. And I, I think, I think for the for the very early parts of my gay life, like I was eating more to try and gain some weight. I was going to the gym, doing a very terrible job, but it was like just trying to start to look like these people. And as we've gotten more comfortable in our own skin, uh, and as we're getting closer to our 30s, I think, and I hope a lot of people are getting there, of of not kind of letting that affect them in a negative way. Um, but that's definitely not the case for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I was doing the opposite thing around that age where I was like trying to eat less sometimes. Um, like I would try and like limit my eating severely because, you know, even nowadays it's like most gays skinny is hot. And mm. it's not, of course, the people that I'm attracted to who I wouldn't really interact with when they're so, you know, set on judging people for their weight. Um, I find that to be a really unattractive trait in someone. Um, mm. But back when I was younger, I was like, well, if I want to fit in with this group or look like that, I got to stop eating food and eat maybe once a day and that's it. Stuff and now I'm like I need to eat once an hour. So <laughs> I love food. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, and I I feel like it's even more apparent during like the social media era that we're going through, of just like on on any social media. But Instagram's a really good reference because a lot of it is picture heavy, and just seeing all of these chiseled people with you know tens of thousands of people following them and all these posts getting so many likes. And then like, you'll go and look at your own post and stuff. And it's like, well, I'm not as popular as them. Therefore I'm not as attractive as them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a really unhealthy perspective to have. And it's probably why I've been trying to, to disassociate myself from social media as of late is to not like feed into that mentality. Yeah, and I honestly see that so much on like Twitter because you know I've gotten pretty active on Twitter, just meeting people, talking, and you know posting like pictures and stuff because it's nice to get like that that instant gratification for all that work you put into it. Mm. I will say though, gay Twitter can be a hive mind sometimes for being very toxic or or very overly supportive. Like it's 
it's it's very back and forth. It's not consistent. I mean, I have been uh, attacked on Twitter a few times for just random posts sometimes, like, and then it turns into like one person, then five people, then thirty people, and it's like, what the hell's going on? Um, or they'll go to like de- defending groups of people who aren't very nice to other people. And I find that so strange. Um, I have noticed that over time you can find those nice people kind of hidden around in like the bunches of hay, the diamonds, but I don't know. I feel like online gay people can be really mean sometimes. Yeah. I feel like there's always been like a degree of elitism, like a hierarchy in a sense. And I feel like it's even more visible now through social media. Um, like even outside of the gay community of like, oh, you only have a thousand followers. Like I shouldn't interact with you because you don't have X amount of followers. And it's like, mm-hmm. really, we're we're becoming so judgmental, not only about people's physical appearance and what they look like, but also like how many followers you have on social media. What? It's ugh. it can get toxic. It is. It's like a friendship contest for whoever has the most, you know, friends. Uh, whoever has the most likes and that's always been kind of a weird thing to me because like it's it's all fake it's not real (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i guess for some people it is it is their reality because they're an influencer or something so Mm. i don't know it's like you said before though it it can lead down the road to a lot of other problems and I, i i don't know i feel like the only way to get out of it is just to stop social mediaing but like it's kind of hard to stop, you know, it's, it's an addiction. Yeah, it is a little addictive. And yeah, I feel like one of the, the easiest routes, especially, you know, in 2021 to, to re- prevent yourself from like having mental health issues or insecurities about your, your body or your image or where you exist in the community, in the community, excuse me, is to remove yourself from social media. Like individuals have the ability to remove themselves and avoid uh, kind of like this whole elitism and hierarchy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's always going to exist. So it's either getting yourself in like a stable place mentally so that you can see it and be okay, or just remove yourself from it because it, it could be the healthier thing to do. Mm. There are some days where I'm just like, I just want to deactivate my Facebook and take a break. <laughs> All my oh, friends that I- have done it have said it was a wonderful idea for them. So. The Facebook one's been incredibly tempting. Mm-hmm. It's been really tempting. I think, honestly, what's what's keeping me on it is our chat group. Yeah. Our our Facebook chat group is the only reason why I'm staying in it. For me, it's just the birthdays. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't wish everyone a happy birthday because, oh, my gosh, that, that would take so much time. But, like, mm-hmm. I am the worst at remembering birthdays. I have those reminders pop up like, oh, hey, happy birthday, Grandma. <laughs> So it's, yeah, it helps me out a lot with that. I have the worst memory, so. Yeah, I just, I, I'm hopeful that we as a gay community can, I, I think it's impossible to eliminate how judgmental we are, but at least be a bit more mindful and forgiving and accepting. Um, I, I do think we're getting, we're getting a lot better. I mean, think about it, like dad bods are now in. So it's not all about the chiseled bodies anymore. And we have a, a bear community that's like so outrageous now. Like thriving. <laughs> yeah. Like being bears in right now. So it's cool to see these different body types. Um, is it wrong to say gaining some popularity? No, I think it's, I would call it more like body acceptance. Like 
the Man. bar I'm going to, it is technically like a bear sports bar that I'll be Ooh. dancing at. Yeah, it's at the event. The event's called Thick, so it's literally about mm. being thick. And like, I don't know. It's I do love body acceptance very much. Um, I do wish we enforce more like healthier eating and stuff sometimes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Taco Bell. I'm probably gonna get some tonight. But mm. I do think like I don't know. We, we could mix it all together sometimes. Yeah, and I. I I think you're you're right there, and it's so cool that we have these kind of tribes that we can align ourselves to, but I feel like there's often times that there's segregation between those tribes, which causes conflict within the community oh, yeah. of like, oh, you think it's it's okay to be a bear? Well, I'm a six-pack twink, and that's that's ugly or that's not how you should be looking and it, it, it like gets judgmental and it's kind of gross it's sad to see that kind of shaming like in the gay community in itself it's like we're already being shamed enough by main society oftentimes it, mm. it's something we should probably strive to not do with in our own circles but right i i know that we're going to talk about this next week we're going to get a lot deeper into it um but I just kind of wanted to have parting words in this of nobody's in a position to judge. You never know how someone's life is going. You never know what they're going through. So be empathetic. Be nice to your people. Like, let's celebrate the fact that we're all part of this amazing community instead of segregating ourselves. There's a, a lot of scientific research and evidence kind of regarding this whole body image and fitting in with the gay community. Um, and if you kind of want to read more into this, I found some really good publications that a woman named Suzanne McLaurin has contributed to. Definitely Google her name, Suzanne McLaurin, or search her on PubMed.gov. It's where like a lot of research publications go. There's some really good stuff there. So if you guys are looking for some more content in regards to that, check it out. Awesome. I've I've wondered if I guess I've kind of wondered the why of like why you started Accutane. Do you think it's it's revolving around body image or fitting in with the gay community at all? So I'd say initially no, because I started at a young age. I did it when I was about seventeen the first time um, mm -hmm. because I had these giant painful cysts all over my face, um, big giant red bombs. Like I have pictures that were kind of traumatic to look at now um, of when my face was breaking out pretty horribly and. I would say surprisingly at that age, I didn't actually get a lot of like negative feedback from people at that age because like no one really gave a shit. Right. Um, but now it's like at this age, when they, when they started popping up again, I was like, oh hell no! <laughs> I was like, mm. if I if I start getting these bums all over my neck and face, it's it's going to be hard for me to go out and like confidently interact with people, whether it be professional or in the gay community, because. I, I do think the gay community can be very superficial when it comes to seeing you know body acne and whatnot. I think just like quickly dismissive. Yeah. Like the gay community can be really quick to dismiss over things that are like very minimal in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you. Like I started doing Accutane more just for personal confidence. It had nothing to do with like my body image or like how I was compared to other people. It was like I know that if I am going to be a confident man, I need to eliminate some cystic acne. Like it was really that simple and I'm, I'm with you. I'm on my second dose of it and it was just because things were starting to come up again and it's kind of just eliminating them again. It had nothing to do with trying to look sexy for other people. It was all about me. 
Yeah, and I, and I think it's okay to be selfish like that. Like I want to be and feel sexy for myself. I want to be able to like take a, like a selfie just for me to look at myself and say, wow, like I'm, I feel good today. I don't have giant bumps over my face or my neck or my back. And I can actually look at my existence and say, okay, I, I am doing my best. And not feel like you have to spend 15 minutes like face tuning a bunch of zits off of your face. Like that's oh, always exhausting. God, I'm so tired of popping those. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been so, it's been so impactful for me. Which is like so cool that that medicine, the power of medicine can do something like that. Just how much more confident and comfortable mm-hmm. I've gotten in my own skin is, is so sweet. Yeah. And that kind of leads to like other like body modification options and stuff. Because, you know, I have two piercings. My ears are pierced. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I would like to get maybe more someday. I don't know. It's always like that, that, that gay rite of passage where you get like your nipples pierced or something. <laughs> there, was a, there was a picture that I ran into on Reddit of a guy i was like on this like fitness subreddit just trying to get Mm -hmm. inspired um to start working on my body and there was a guy with pierced nipples and i was like holy cow like he looks hot like i need pierced nipples because that looks hot but i don't think i'm gonna do it now yeah i just i always hear like horror stories about the con shirts they rip out there's lots of tmi blood um but like they do look really sexy I'm but, the right person. But I'm looking respectfully, though, either way. <laughs> oh, true. true. <laughs> but that's that. And then there's, of course, tattoos. Um, I have two. One on my arm. Those on YouTube can see it. Yes, big and big in this. You were there for that. I was there. Yeah, that was in Atlanta. Um, the one on my back I got when I was 18 in a terrible relationship. I can't remember the one that you have on your back. I'm sure I've seen it at some point. I think more for me, like, I just... It was like, oh, cool, a tattoo. Like, I didn't think that much of it. But I think you and I are in the similar mentality of, like, I would not be opposed to being covered in tattoos. I would love to have arms, legs, stomach, back, everything. Mm -hmm. I currently have three. One on my arm and then two on my feet. And I've sent it to you. I've sent it to Ariel. I have a list, like a shopping list of tattoos that I want. I know exactly where they're going. I think my, the coolest one that I have going for me right now is I'm working on a sketch for an Eagle sitting on a bike and it's going to be on my thigh. And it's kind of like an homage to Mm -hmm. former family members. My grandfather and I used to ride bikes all the time. And I Mm -hmm. always rode this blue bike, but he also had an Eagle tattoo on his toe. So, like, I, I'm trying to incorporate all these family things into this one piece. I'm so excited for it. So that ready. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Do you have just... any, like, big or important ones or significant ones that you have on your mind right now? None that I want to, like, technically share just yet. I want to, like, spread. Mm. I know I'm going to share the secret, but I do want to get, like, a lot more galaxy stuff kind of covering. Because I, I just I love the idea of space. And I would love, if they had, like, a, a one-way trip to some planet way far away, I would sign up immediately. Mm-hmm. Just just give me a full Steam library and we're good. <laughs> I'll never play the ball anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I want more space stuff, that's all. Yeah. I mean, everyone has their own aesthetic, right? Exactly. Well, I think that's I think that's it for us. Um, as we mentioned earlier, our next episode, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the whole body image 
topics. Uh, we're going to talk about things like preferences, dating apps, and social media some more. And we're also going to talk a little bit about racism in the gay community. So it, it might be a little heavy, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely one that I think we're looking forward to. And we hope that you guys are looking forward to it too. Yep. It's one of those topics we wanted to kind of dive into a little bit here, but definitely it's worth giving an entire episode to because it's very prevalent in the LGBTQI plus community. And we'd like to take a chance and go down that road and maybe just talk it out. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Dreaded 30s podcast. If you're not following us on social media, please do so at Dreaded 30s everywhere. You got anything, Gavin? Nope, you got it all. We're good. Cool. Y'all have a good day. Thank you. Bye.